Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. At 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7FM. Okay, I'm here for you, Nick fans. I saw it too. I was on the edge of my seat. I saw the game. I was in agony as you are. Let's get a couple of early reactions out of the way. Then I want to hear from you. I want to hear from everybody that was at the garden. For those of you who were in the building, you guys did an unbelievable job of keeping that team going. 15,000 voices. It was tremendous. Jumped out of my TV screen. Took me a moment and caused me to step back and reflect on how far we've come towards the end of this COVID-19 pandemic. We're not through it yet. Okay, let's not joke. We're not through it yet. But man, how far have we come to have playoff games in a bubble not, not even less than a year ago to have playoff games in a bubble and then tonight to have 15,000 fans in Madison Square Garden. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just cause for reflection. Obviously, everybody's going to talk about Julius Randle and the way he performed tonight. That's too easy. I told you guys last week, that Julius Randle is going to be double-teamed, that Julius Randle is going to have to take tough shots, that Julius Randle is not going to be allowed to win games for the Knicks. He just isn't. If you're Atlanta, if whoever the Knicks are playing in the postseason, it's clear. Julius Randle's not going to beat me. Okay? So the Knicks have to find somebody else to beat them, to help them win games, Anybody else but Julius Randle, they'll take. I thought Alec Burks was incredible tonight. Outstanding. I thought Derrick Rose was outstanding. R.J. Barrett, really good. Concerns that I have. Adjustments that Tom Thibodeau is going to have to make. Trey Young is a great young player, isn't he? His ability to get wherever he wants to go on the dribble, his ability when you try to take the lane away from him to double him to find other people, he is a very, very talented young player and going to get better. This was a great game. And if I had said to you, I should do my best, Dave Rothenberg. If I said to you, that Julius Randle would go 6 of 24, 15 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, but he went 6 of 24, and you had a chance to win the game in your building, you would have taken that. You would have been shocked, but you would have taken it. And that's what the Knicks had. So obviously, for game two, which you can hear again right here on 98.7 ESPN Wednesday night, The question is going to be several questions. First, what adjustments are they going to make? Are they going to just let Trey Young shoot the three, keep him out of the lane, keep him from the alley-oops that he does so well to various players on his front line? 
usually to Clint Capella, but also to Collins? Do you keep him out of the lane and let him, you know, let him just hit the three? Yeah, that which also keeps him off the free throw line. What do you do? That's number one. Number two. <laughs> do you continue to start Alfred Payton? I mean, he played eight minutes tonight, didn't score, over three, and in the first couple of minutes, Trey Young, he was supposed to be up on Trey Young. Trey Young, Trey, Trey Young went right by him like he wasn't there. Early call for Derrick Rose, who was tremendous. But once again, off that screen, Derrick Rose continues to try to go over the screen, and he's a step behind Trey Young, who, when he stops, you see, as soon as he stops on the dime, he gets the foul call. So there's a number of things that Tom Thibodeau has got to go back to the lab and do and try to make adjustments to and get a, and get, get a win in game two at the Garden. Lineup changes. Possibly? I don't know. I don't know that you make a drastic change. I had thought, and I mentioned to you earlier, that Frank Nilekina would get a chance to play. Don't be surprised if he got a chance to play against Trey Young in this, in this game, in this series. Came up in the last, last play of the game. Fell for the dribble, spun him around, got right past him. Once again, you go back to the video, you make adjustments. Doesn't mean that you won't see Nilakina again. Just means that Nilakina and I, having been there, having seen it firsthand, understands how quick he is, we'll go ahead and make the adjustments. Not surprised that both teams were started, that both teams started out slow. Nerves. It's playoffs, man. Folks hadn't been there before. Nerves. Nerves. Other observations. Not surprising either that Atlanta, because I think this series is going seven, but not surprising either that Atlanta was able to steal one. Okay? We saw Dallas beat the Clippers. <laughs> okay? So usually the first game of a series is the one that the visiting team who doesn't have the home court can steal because it's an adjustment. You take, you make adjustments. You make adjustments as the series goes on and you feel each other out. I don't think Julius Randle will have this bad a shooting performance again in this series, but I know that Nate McMillan and Atlanta is going to try to double team him. And you saw it. You saw Capella hanging loose. Whenever he got the ball, they're going to double-team him. They're going to take the ball out of his hands. And he can't force it. I know he wants to I know he wants to be the guy that he's been all season. Other people are going to have to step up for the Knicks to win this series. They just are. He's not going to be able to handle this on his own. They're not going to let him. Defensively, you're going to have to move the ball and have people make jump shots and, and plays like they did tonight. The sad thing is, and I get to the calls in a minute, a bunch of you want to talk, a lot of you want to talk. The sad thing is, this game, this performance by Alec Burks was wasted. Not saying he can't do it again, but he was incredible. Nine of 13, six of eight from the free throw line, 27 points. I mean, he owned the, he owned the fourth quarter for them. Every big shot. He just missed one, and if he had made that one, he might still be playing. <laughs> but he was incredible. Incredible. What a performance he had tonight. Also, another concern. What is the condition with Nerlens Noel, 
who left with the foot injury and didn't come back. What is his availability for game two? Obviously, if he can, they'll tape him up and have him go because this is the postseason. Having said that, Taj Gibson again, especially off the boards. Nine rebounds, five off the offensive glass. I mean, he is just, he is amazing. His ability to rebound, get position, set hard picks, doing the fundamental, doing the little things, right? And just opening up spots and moves and space for players to work offensively. Two other things. The two rookies. Topping quickly. I was impressed. I liked what I saw. Quickly, 10 points in 21 minutes. Topping, 5 points in 12 minutes and the rebound. And an assist, quickly with three assists, a couple of rebounds. They didn't play badly for rookies. They did not play badly. I thought Toppin hit the three confidently. The dunk off the pass from Burks, nice. Lots of positives for the Knicks. Lots of positives that you can take and build on as you go to game two. couple of adjustments. Defensively, listen. I know Trey Young is a great player. You can't give up 36 points in the fourth quarter in the postseason. Can't do it. Can't do it. Even though you scored 32. <laughs> but defensively, you can't give up 36 points. Not and be the defensive stopping team that you are. And once again, I get it. I get Trey Young got on fire. I get you. He just asserted himself. Took the ball and took the game in his hands. Great player. Great player. It's a tough loss. R.J. Barrett performed well. 14 points, 32 minutes. 11 rebounds for Barrett, huh? Two off the offensive glass. And that incredible dunk. Oh, people were jumping out of their skin at the Garden tonight. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. one 919 3776 Little heavy D. Trying to show you the Knicks fans up a little bit. Just a little bit. It's only game one, y'all. So I'm very curious. I would love to be in the coach's room when they sit down and they decide on the starting lineups for game two. Now, what, it's easy to say, get Benzel for Peyton. I mean, easy, easy to do so. But it changes your whole rotation, right? Do you just continue and be consistent with your starting rotation? I mean, because Reggie Bullock did not have a good game either. I, you know, he was able to give you something. He wasn't, you know, the issues that Alfred Payton has had. But Bullock didn't give you the, the shot. As a matter of fact, really, when you think about it, of the starting lineup, really, R.J. Barrett had the best game offensively. It wasn't even close. Of the starters. So do you continue with that same starting lineup for game two? And once again, if Payton doesn't give you anything, you go back and do what you did tonight. You go back to Derrick Rose and bring him off the bench. 
and get them moved quickly. So I'm I'm real real curious to see. And that, of course, is a discussion they'll have over the next couple of days. They'll have a practice, obviously. Look at film tomorrow, light practice. Film uh, on Tuesday, light practice. A walkthrough on Wednesday morning and the game Wednesday night. All right, let's hear from you. 1-800-919-3776. Rod's in the car. Rod, you're up first on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. How's it going tonight? It's going good, Rod. What's happening, my friend? Not much. Just got out of the garden. What in the atmosphere? Um, I'm, it's easy to just pick on Alfred Payton just because, you know, that's all we've been doing for the last two weeks. But the guy was a minus two tonight. I don't think he was the real issue. But, again, the team starts slow with him. I think Milakina needs to play because Derrick Rose played, it looks like, 38 minutes tonight, and he's going to burn himself out. And if this series is going to go long, you're going to need Rose to, you know, be at full strength. Uh, Reggie Bullock, obviously, over five tonight. I don't think that's going to continue. So I think him and Alex Burks, who was tremendous tonight, are going to balance each other out. But my biggest thing with the Knicks is they had no interior presence. You know, Nerlens Noel, obviously, he didn't have it. He got hurt at the end. Taj Gibson was probably the best you know, a guy at rebounding and boxing out. But, again, how much can you depend on a, a 35-year-old guy to do that? And then not to mention the rotation. You brought quickly and Toppin, who played very well in the first half, at the start of the fourth quarter. And that kind of threw things off. And I think it's easy to say, oh, Nilakina is not the best. He's definitely a better three-point shooter than Alfred Payton, as well as the guy played one minute. How much can you expect from a guy to come in off the bench to get a stop when he hasn't played the entire game? So I think... Nilakina has to get more minutes, and the Knicks need to get better on the interior. We really are missing Mitchell Robinson right now. If we had Mitchell Robinson for that lob threat, I think it would be a totally different series. Yes, interesting point, Rod. Uh, thanks for the phone call. They and they, you know, Mitchell Robinson has been he's he hasn't played most of the season, right? It just seems like he hasn't really been around. And you're right; they, they've been able to do some things without him. Uh, and I think Nerlens Noel has done a great job with that. Uh, but you know what? You don't have him. And so you're going to have to come up with some other things. And I don't even know what the condition of Noel's going to be for game two because he left with the injury. So, listen, uh, Todd Gibson has been tremendous. He's been that guy all year, crashing the boards, doing the little things, diving for loose balls, doing whatever you need him to do. And it, it, it is a challenge for them, but I think that they're up to it. Interesting what the guard rotation is going to be. I, I agree with you. I think you do have to see some more of Nilakina in the series for def- just so that Young gets a different look defensively, right? Because I think you put a lot of pressure on both Burks and Bullock when you have to play both ends. All right, now Burks was able to do it tonight. He did a you know offense, great job offensively, did some nice things defensively with Trey Young. Bullock is probably of the two a little better defensively. But you're right. You know, for a long series, you need to change up. And, you know, he Trey Young's just such a nightmare defensively for you to match up. He just is. He's he's a problem. He's going and he's gonna be a problem all series. B's and Edison. Hey B, you're next on 987. Hello. Hey, good evening. What's um, happening? Not too much. Uh, I was at the Garden. Uh, was, I'm a Nettles fan. I was able to score some tickets from a friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't have to pay anything. But uh, next almost had it, man. It's a uh, couple more shots by uh, Julius Randle. I think he was like 5 for 20 or 6 for 26 or something or something of that sort. 
couple more field goals, and Knicks, Knicks had it. I think I think they're going to get the series. Tough game. I mean, Trey Young is Trey Young. You know, it's just um, I think the Knicks played a good game, and I was there, and uh, the garden was electric. Uh, just, just tough luck. You know, just lost by two points. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, it is it is what it is. I'll, uh, I'll hang up and uh, listen to your, uh, your comment. All right, my friend. Thanks for checking in. Listen, 6 of 23 is not getting the job done. It's just not. But once again, they're going to take him out of the series. That's what that's what Atlanta wants to do. So somebody else is going to have to be consistent. And you had some people step up tonight. Burke stepped up. Barrett stepped up. All right, you just need some other people to do that. Plus, you need to do a better job and try to make it tougher for Trey Young. Look, we know you're not going to stop him. He's a great player. And here's the best part. Okay, everybody's going to play better in game two. Like this is the first playoff game for a bunch of it's Julius Randle's first playoff game. Okay, RJ, Derek Rose knows what it's like to be in the playoffs. Taj Gibson knows what it's like to be in the postseason. Okay, but most of the guys on this team, on both teams, <laughs> don't know what it's like. So as the series goes on, the play will get better and better. So that's why this will turn into a coaching chess matchup as it continues, okay? And I thought the Knicks did a – here was another difference, and I get to the, back to the calls in a second. Another thing that jumps out of me that just popped into my head as I look over my notes, the Knicks really didn't start, you know, asserting themselves on the offensive glass till mostly second half. And I think that's where they're going to have to try to take advantage to get some extra shots. Because normally that's what they do. Normally they're really, really good off the offensive boards. And once again, that's where you mentioned Taj Gibson because that's what he does. That's like his specialty. Is getting carving out a position and getting that offensive rebound either to take it up as he did and got fouled or dishing it out, tapping it back, and dishing it out for you to reset your offense. So, once again, for Julius Randle to have the issues he had tonight and you have a chance to win, game tied late in the game with, what, nine seconds left, eight seconds left, game tied, and you have a chance to win it with under a second left, with your top gun having the type of game that he had, it hurts to lose. And I'm not saying that it's okay. It hurts to lose. But these are the positives that you take away from it, and you have to make some adjustments defensively and try to find a way to get Randall some easier shots to get him in rhythm so that then he can find his rhythm and possibly stretch out and get going and get his confidence back. Because you can see frustration, confidence level, you know, it was a tough night for him. Tough night for him. Upside your head, say oops, upside your head. 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 Knicks lose by two to Atlanta game one of the playoffs at the Garden. 15,000 fans trying to urge the Knicks on. Boy, it was noisy. 
1-800-919-3776. Taking your calls on game one between the Knicks and Atlanta. Let's go to St. Petersburg here from Spike. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Spike. Good evening, my friend. That was an outstanding basketball game. That it was, was. Uh, from, a from a technical standpoint, we got what we thought, but I think Thibodeau was outcoached by Nate McMillan. And I'll point to, to three quick reasons, which I'm sure you'll pick up, uh, you did pick up. There's a misnomer about Trey Young. He's a fantastic passer and a fantastic penetrator. He's not a, 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 a great three point shooter, he's 34%. And I, my guess, my eyeball tells me he made one and took maybe three, two or three. That's it. I, he made maybe one out of three or four. Now, here, here's the way you – if he's playing in the park or the schoolyard, after – when he goes through his, uh, you know, routine of getting set up, uh, he's on his ass more than he's straight up. You, well, before he steps back to 23-9, when he's 23-1, you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. and he creates the space, you, you, you hit him hard or you, you, you guard him right in his grill. Don't send two guys after him because he'll, he'll throw the ball over the top on the, on the screen and roll. If he took three three-point shots, uh, I'd say that's about the maximum. And if he did, what do you, what do you not give, let him take more? What do you let him waltz down the lane? I don't get it. It was very poor. They'll adjust to that quickly. Uh, no pun intended with Emmanuel. Uh, we knew what they were going to do with Randall. We knew it. It, it, it. it was telegraphed the whole way. Maybe they'll move him up a little and let him post up, uh, uh, what's his name, John Collins, because he can't guard me, you know? So, right. uh, he, so he's a you know high-flying dunker. Uh, it was just a great game. We could have won that game. We should have won that game, but they gave up too many points in the fourth quarter, as you intelligently alluded to, and you allowed Trey Young to do whatever the hell he wanted to. So when you're in the Parker's schoolyard, Trey Young is not a, 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 he's not straight up. Am I right? No, no. You, you knock him, you play him as physically as you can, and especially, Spike, in a game where I thought they let a lot of stuff go. Until the fourth oh, quarter. Yeah, I was I was shocked that Tony Brothers was a play on. Yeah, I was shocked. I, I you, you got my message this morning. Yes, I'm not telling you. When I saw the officials at 9 a.m., I saw Brothers as the lead, and then Eddie Malloy, who usually lets him play on, but Brothers doesn't. And I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Maybe he, maybe I'd change a heart. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not big on the. Uh, you know, challenge deal because I saw it in another game today. They reversed one where the shooter didn't get the space. Mm -hmm. Listen, this thing's going to drag on. There's going to be adjustments. What 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 they're doing with Alfred Payton? I, I don't even know. Playing him three minutes and then pulling him out. If you want to use him properly, start him and let him body up because Alfred Payton's like six three and a half and strong. Mm -hmm. Let him get in Trey Young's space. But if you think about the game, Trey Young in the first quarter or the first fifteen minutes, Larry was just feeling the, the defense out. Yeah, that's all he was doing. Yep. He didn't get going till the end, and the cheers I could do without that stuff. You know, it was with Davis Pacman and the, mm -hmm. the foul language. I could do with all that stuff. I'm no prude, but uh, come on, you know, enough with that. And uh, I don't blame him one second for shushing the crowd after he made the shot. It was a great shot, but he never should be able to get that far to the hoop. Should put him on his can. I don't care right. if he makes 25 free throws. I don't care if he takes 25 free throws next game and makes 22. I don't care. He's not going to take the three unless it's wide open, and he's all oh, you can look it up. He's 34%. That's yeah. all he is. That's below league average. So what are you, afraid of him taking a three? I, I I'm don't not. care. I'd love to hear your comment. 
I'm not Spike. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. I'm not. I'd say let him shoot it. Keep him out of the lane. That's the issue. Because when he gets in the lane, that's when he's able to, you know, get fouls and start the alley-oops and get other get his players, other team involved. He is he is almost like the players that you, you know, the the really, really great, the the great scorers. The, for example, the uh, Steph Currys. What do you do? Do you let Steph shoot or do you let him get people involved? You know, uh, listen, let him shoot. I mean, I know he could – I know he's an unbelievable scorer, but he's one guy. You know, he's, is he going to score 100 points? Is he going to score 85? Is he going to score 90 points? I mean, I'd, you know, I'd rather take my chances with him, you know, one man trying to beat me as opposed to getting a bunch of folks and getting other people involved. And so that's, you know, one of the things that Tom Thibodeau is going to have to reconsider when he sits down with his coaching staff over the next couple of days and comes up with a game plan. And as uh, Keone Forever says to me on Twitter, great game, series is going to be a long chess match, win or lose, this is going to be an entertaining series. When you think of it, they're really like mirror images of each other, right? In a lot of ways. I mean, they had the same record. They, they you know, they, they're great at home. They struggle on the road. They're really great teams. The difference is Atlanta's a better offensive team. Knicks are a better defensive team. So that's what that's what's going to make this so great. And so once again, it's about adjustments. And who will make the best adjustment for game two? Not only who will make the best adjustment, but once the adjustment is made, which team is able to execute the adjustments that are going to be put out there? I mean, if you're Atlanta, you do the same thing you did tonight. And if Randall gets off to a hot start or something like that, then you have to counter. But if you're Atlanta, you do the same thing. Because for you, you've already gotten what you came for. You wanted at least a split. All right, you've gotten a split. Worst case scenario. Worst case. Now, obviously, you want to try to get as many as possible. Obviously, you're not going to say, well, we're happy. We're not going to try to win game two. But going into this, when you don't have the home court, you want to try to get home court back. That's what you do by stealing game one. Eli's in Harlem. Hey, Eli, you're next on 98.7. Hey, uh, what's up, man? I'm in my car, so if you hear me double, that's because I'm in my car. Got you. Thibodeau, y'all keep talking about defense, defense, defense. I was at the Garden. He got these guys running around. And another thing, my man in the fourth quarter was hitting all his shots. Why are you not going to get the ball to him for that last shot? You know, if they're covering Randall. Uh, Pivotal, I don't know, man. Everybody talk about defense, defense. He got these dudes running all around. Listen, uh, one-on-one, that that dude, just like the, the last caller said, I would not let him get in that pink, and if he get in, if he come in the pink, I make him feel it. If, if Thibodeau was a, a defensive coach, he would be doing that, not letting them guys just go straight down the line. I paid a lot of money to go see that game tonight, man, and it pissed me off for them to get Randall the ball when he ain't hit a shot, uh, a winning shot the whole season. I'm not taking that from Randall, but you had the other guys shooting, man, and, and making shots. I'm a little pissed, man. It's just, Thibodeau, I see the same thing when he was with Chicago and the Timberwolves. He ain't, he not a coach to take nobody to win no championship. Well, Eli, here's the thing, my friend. 
Here's the thing, Eli, and I understand your frustration. I get it. But first of all, this is not a championship team. It's not. This team has overachieved, Eli. Eli, we were hoping that this team would be a play-in. <laughs> hoping that they would be one of the play-in teams at number 10. The same roster, virtually the same roster with one or two additions, and it's the fourth seed. So clearly, they've done, a, they've overachieved. Okay? That's number one. Number two, the reason why you can't just put one guy on Trey Young is because they set screens for him. Okay, because they know that that's what they want you. They know that that's what you want to do, that you want to have one guy go up against him and try to be physical. So they run him off picks and screens. So you can't just do that. Now, we could argue if you want. And the reason why running around is because you have to switch off of him off the pick and screen. So now if you're saying to me, okay, Derrick Rose, you got to come up and not get behind the screen, you've got to move up, or the other person who is in front of the offensive player setting the screen slides over, okay, that's a different discussion. But that's why you're seeing all these folks moving around the way they are. They're trying to contain him. And that's why, and whenever you do that, you have the potential of leaving somebody open. He's a great player. And that's what you're trying to get the ball out of his hands. And these are one of the things that you, you know, you try to do. Ricky's in Queens. Hey, Ricky, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay, Ricky. Man, what's everybody? up? I just, I just want to talk everybody off the ledge. Everybody needs to calm down. Everybody knows that this is going to be a six or seven game series. The Nick Julius Randle is going to come back. The key is going to be, is Reggie Bullock going to hit a three? If he, if he does, we have a good chance. Trey Young is going to get his, but we got to force him left. In playoff time, you got to force him to your weakness. Clyde was on the TV all night saying you got to force him left. And where was he going right? Where did he hit that last shot on the right? So, like you said, it's adjustment. I need everybody to just calm down. We, we in this. We here. The Knicks got this. They're going to make their adjustments, Larry. I'm just worried about Capella because he didn't have the best game, and he he's a beast. And that, that I wonder if he's going to come out. But Randall's going to come back strong, and and I wonder with Bullock if he's really going to hit those shots. That that's the difference right there. And I don't know anything about out out Peyton. I, I wonder if you should just start Nilakina and just if you're only going to play him eight minutes. I mean. I really don't know. That that's that's what yeah. I got to worry about. But Larry, talk these people down. We we got this Wednesday. We here, and I'm listening. All right, Ricky. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Listen, uh, interesting points. I don't know if Capella is is going to be in position to have the type of games that he has had before. I thought they did a decent job in keeping him from doing the alley oops that he does with Trey Young. But if he's going to be the guy that is shading against Julius Randle, that means he's going to be the guy that's going to be away from the basket. So they may sacrifice. They may be looking for Collins or they may be looking for one of their other frontline players to be that difference maker, to be closer to the basket because Capella is the guy that is the cheating guy that's going to make the double, that's going to pressure Randle with the basketball. And so... You know, you're right. He did not have the type of games that he's had. He's been an unbelievable rebounder 
on both boards, offensive and defensive, for Atlanta. Hard to see on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. Trouble don't last, Nick fans. Game two, Wednesday night, you're here right here on 98.7 ESPN. Speaking of playoffs, I've got some information on how you can score some Nets tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brooklyn Nets. By the way, game two for them tomorrow night over at Barclays. Yeah, so make sure you stay tuned. Before we leave you at midnight here on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones we go. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Hulk? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Buddha. What's happening, partner? All right, listen, um, you know, to provide full disclosure, my daughter was at a play today, so I only heard, you know, you know she was in a performing arts program, so I was only able to slip out, you know, and hear maybe about five or ten-minute segments of the game. Listen, if Bullock is not going to get double figures, and Peyton is going to give you what he's been giving you, you know, for the last whatever. I mean, the Knicks are going to be hard-pressed to win a game like that if Julius Randle doesn't play out of his mind. You can't go crazy over it. They'll bounce back and they'll play better. I mean, you know, it is what it is. These teams are very evenly matched. Mm-hmm. And you can make the case that, you know, the Hawks have a better chance of having their best player play well than maybe the Knicks do because he has the ball in his hands a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yep, I sure do. I sure do. You know? Can't get that upset. I mean, listen, this is what it is. I'm sure, like, I'm listening to Brother Eli. I know he's pissed off. I mean, I know everybody was excited, the 15,000 fans. I mean, it's a good look. I mean, it's just, you know, and I know we don't want to just be, you know, super happy that there's just something good going on in terms of, like, basketball to watch. But, I mean, look, this is going to be a long series. Everybody knew it. Mm -hmm. First game is a toss-up. And let's be honest, the Knicks' best player has no playoff experience. And you heard that in the interview after the game. You know, he has no playoff experience. He's got to learn on the job, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. And and here's here's the positive thing you take out of that, Buddha. With all what you said, Randall's struggling, Bullock's struggling, Peyton didn't give you anything, and you still had the chance to win that game. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. So that's what you have to take from it, that, you know, your team comes back, you you, you know, during the season – uh, Randall, when he's had a bad game, he's come back the next time. He's played better. So these are the things you think about. It's a chess match. The The playoffs are totally different than they are during the regular season. So it's going to be interesting. This is where the coaches make their money. It's true. Now, listen, now, I'm going to be a little gratuitous here. Okay. And I don't want you to get mad at me. All right. You know, I, I know you know, like I said, I root for the Knicks if they're not playing the Sixers. But you know mm-hmm. where my team is. Listen, yes. there's a couple of things that have been bothering me, man. You know, and I try not to talk about it. Like, you know, I, I try to stay away from it, especially during the regular season because, you know, between the Jets and the Sixers, I'm not trying to have my blood pressure at that level. You know what I'm saying? But listen here, man. You know, there's two things bothering me. First thing is, is this anointing of Jokic as the MVP. Mm. I mean, because Embiid missed two weeks of basketball. I mean, the statistics are very comparable. Um, you know, Jokic might be a better passer than him. But Embiid is in the running for MVP and also Defensive Player of the Year. And it's just like, you know, and it seemed to me like with the writers and with the fans, like they just couldn't wait for him to be out for a couple of games 
So like now, you know, he, he's he's like a, a dark horse in the MVP. You know, that's one. But I'm gonna tell you something, man. Like, and I told you this from before, and, 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 and you know, you know, like it really bothers me with this dude Simmons, man. Mm. I mean, this dude has wide open layups. He's coming down the court at full speed, six foot ten, all the talent in the world. And you know, in his mind, once I get to that half circle inside that lane, I'm passing it off to somebody. I don't care if you don't have a jump shot or not. Dude, you six foot ten. Give me there was two plays, if you watch them, there was back to back plays in that fourth quarter where he had the ball, he's pushing it, the defenders are on his heels, and because he lacks the confidence, he goes all the way into the lane, you know, in, 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 into the womb, and then here we go, I'm passing it off. Mm. One of them was a play where he could have clearly dunked the ball. Then the second one, he got, you know, he dribbles down there, and then he, he dribbles into, like, a double team because he was hesitant. And, you know, this is what pisses me off about this guy, man. He's going to be the reason why we don't get to the finals or, or, or get, you know, Get, get to the Eastern Conference Finals. This guy, and remember when he was in college, and they were talking about how his teammates didn't like him and all this other stuff, and it was all about they were jealous of him. You know, it's not that. This dude has all the talent in the world. Forget about whether he has a jump shot or not. We've all have seen players. Look at um, what's his name, Giannis. Now, mm-hmm. now, Giannis has no jump shot, and he misses just as many free throws as Simmons. But he's aggressive, man. Yeah. This dude is passive, and he's going to cost us, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call, and especially in this series, because when you've got a backcourt like uh, Westbrook and Bradley Beal that can light things up in a hurry, uh, they they made they they put some stress on Philly today. There's no question about it. They put some stress on this on the Sixers. So. Uh, I agree with you. I, I, Joel Embiid has really done the job, and he really needs to be, even though he's missed time, I still think he should be really considered for the MVP. I know he's missed time, but still. He's been dominant in the East. He's been dominant. And I, a lot of respect for Jokic, what he's done, especially with, Jamal, with, with, with Murray out. A lot of respect. Yes, I know he's a great passer. A lot of respect for what he's done. But... You know, I just think I agree with you. He shouldn't just be anointed like, oh, yeah, it's not even oh, – it's Joker. It's the Joker. No question about it. It's Joker. Easily. I don't know about that. Ben's in Long Island. Hey, Ben, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How's it going? Hey, Ben, what's up? Just wanted to talk about the Julius Randle performance. I feel like everyone's kind of let him off the hook a little bit and – if we're talking about this guy as if he's a, a top 30, top 40 player in the league, that's one thing. But we got people talking about him like he's an all-NBA guy, top 10 MVP consideration. He didn't show up tonight. He, he didn't play well. 6-23 is it, flat out just, just not getting the job done. And, and we got to hold him accountable as New Yorkers, as fans, and, and we need him to, to be better. And, and I think he will be, but at the same time, uh, I just think from a lot of the calls tonight and from your own talking, I just think we, we need a bigger performance out of him to, to make this series uh, uh, competitive and to go win this series. At the end of the day, he's the only player in this series that's even sniffing an all-NBA team, and he's got to be the best player on the court game in and game out. 
Well, I hear what you're saying, and thanks for the phone call. Listen, nobody's excusing the the performance he had. He didn't get it done tonight. He just didn't. And, you know, uh, and it was a, a tough spot for him. But you knew going in that they were going to make things really, really tough for him. You knew that going in, that he wasn't going to be the guy that was going to, they weren't going to allow him to, to win the game for them and, and, you know, have them have him beat them. They were going to try to make somebody else beat them from the Knicks. And it was almost Alec Burks <laughs> tonight that did it. But no, and Julius Randle in the postgame said he's not offering any, ex- any excuses for his performance. He'll put it behind him and he has to look at the next game. There's no doubt about it. I mean, 6 of 23, that's not what Julius Randle's been. You look at, his, you look at, at what he's done this season, he has not had a game like that in a big spot. Okay, so we, we acknowledge it, but he's not the only reason why they lost because they were in the game without him. So you also have to look at some of the other reasons why they lost, like their defensive rotations in certain situations, how they played Trey Young, how they didn't get on the offensive glass until late to get more opportunities. There's a lot of different things that happen. And yes, he's one of the reasons why they did not win. So the question now is, how does he respond? What does he do to bounce back tomorrow, uh, um, Wednesday night? That's the question. That's what we need to find out, and we'll be interested to see. Because his track record has been, when he's had a bad performance, the next game he has come back strong. All right? So let's see if he does that in the postseason. But you could tell, when you started... Both teams were like, oh, it's the playoffs. <laughs> oh, this is different. Oh, wow. I'm a little nervous. This is not a regular game in the middle of the season. This is not game 22 on the NBA schedule, right? This is this is win or go home time. And both teams felt it. And that's what happens when you don't have a lot of players with experience. And once again, Julius Randle never been to the playoffs before. Okay, everything is ratcheted up. Everything is different. The games are even called different. They allow you to be more physical than they are in the regular season. You have to make the adjustments to that. And it's different. And as every game goes and you get further and further along, they'll play better. I believe Julius Randle will have a better game two than he had in game one. I do. Now, if you get the same performance from the bench, you got a pretty good shot. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Here we go. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Sheik starts us off in the eleven o'clock hour. We're here until midnight, getting your thoughts on the Knicks' loss. Also, want to hear from the Net fans about uh, your group, the Big Three. Perform well, I tell you. You know what? I'm gonna say this, and I know Boston has had trouble all year. They really have all year. If Jalen Brown is not able to go in this series, uh, the Nets will sweep. Boston doesn't have enough scoring. 
I mean, the, the Nets did not play their best in game one. And there were minutes where it looked like Boston couldn't score, even if you even if you had nobody if you had nobody on the court. They were just missing everything. They were. So um it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh once again, you'll check and see what, what happens in game two, what adjustments Boston tries to make. Uh, you know, but once again, it's just I, I just I don't see I really don't see Brooklyn getting any and this is to take nothing away from the other teams, the Milwaukee's and the Phillies and, and, and the the Sixers and those groups. But I really don't see them being tested until they beat Philadelphia. I really don't. I don't. Because they're just, you know, one guy can have an off night and the other two can just be average and they still win by like 10, 12 points. Easily. And, and their bench is pretty good. Even even with the reduced bench, and he didn't reduce it much. I I don't know what Boston's going to do, unless Jalen Brown is walking through that door to give them. And even then, it's going to be a, a tough job. But I just don't see I don't see Boston winning the game without him. I mean, look what Tatum did in, in Game One, and you know, wasn't even close in the end. I mean, they had they, they had they had minutes in the game where they had some run, and you could see. They were, you know, trying to make a difference. They had a great first half, but you knew it wasn't going to last because you knew that Durant wasn't going to continue to shoot the way he did, and you knew uh, Kyrie wasn't going to continue to shoot the way he did, and you knew that Harden wasn't going to continue to shoot the way he did. And then when you make the adjustment on them, they just pass the ball to one of the bench guys, and they continue to play well. They, they, they are they're going to be a tough out. They really are. They really, really are. Back to the phones we go. Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Hold on. Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm all right, Mike. How you doing? So I'm actually in Philadelphia. I'm on my way out back to Pittsburgh. Okay, it's a big road trip here. Down from Queens to Pittsburgh, back home to Queens. Now on the way to Pittsburgh, back for Monday night big game. Uh, hold on. Okay. You know, it was a great day today. So the Red Sox Phillies game. Stop by the bell, ring the bell. But social media is a buzz, Larry. Okay. Instabook, Facegram, TikTok, TikTok, busting at the seams. Who else but else? A big win. The New York Islanders, Larry, I told you this. I tried to tell you this on Thursday. I tried my best. Dad, you got to put back in stroke. I, I tried to tell you this, but you hung up on me. You wouldn't talk to me. And you stroke in 2-0, and Barley 0-2. You got to stick, stick with the rookie, stick with the hot hand, because when you do, you win. Okay? And uh, I was right. Fantastic. So, Larry, round one. Game four to the Islands. All right. Sounds good. And, Mike, you were just so out of it. I mean, like some of the language you used, I just couldn't continue. That's why. So I didn't hang up on you. I just, you know, politely let you cool off a little bit because, whew. (laughs) He was angry like he had, you know, he was a part owner. Islanders game five tomorrow night. You can hear it right here on 987 ESPN pregame with Don LaGreca at 630. Puck drops a little after seven. 
And uh, Gordon and I will follow that game with ESPN New York tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. Lee is in Manhattan. Hey, Lee, you're next on 98.7. Brother Larry, what's happening? Everything is good, Lee. What's going on, my friend? Listen, enjoyable game. Knicks back in the garden. Fans back in the garden. No need, no need to panic. It's only one game. But my whole thing is, as it pertains to last shots, let's let's face the facts. Teams automatically know, and this is why Tibbs got to figure out another option. Everybody know the ball going to Randall, okay? Randall don't always necessarily have to be the hero. It's a team concept. If somebody else take the shot, you win. If you don't take the shot, we move on to the next game. It's the best. Of, it's the best of seven. Okay. I heard Buddha talk about Philly, but I've already talked to some people, and I hear it, and I keep saying, Simmons don't play, Philly lose. Same thing as far as the Knicks are concerned. We only gotta we only gotta worry about one thing. Go out there and do what you've been doing all year long. Play as a team, you know, and uh, you know you make the best of it. And consider one thing else: there's only three players on the Knicks roster that have been to the playoffs. So, you know, what you get out of us right now, okay, is the best thing that has happened to us in the last eight years. Yeah, that's for sure. You right about that, Lee? Always a, always a pleasure, my friend. Same here, Lee. Same here. Thanks for the phone call. You're right. And once again, this is why we continue to say these are the reasons why you want your young players to experience what life is in the postseason. Whether you have success with it or whether you have failure with it, it's experience. So when you go back, you know what it's like. You're able to make the adjustments. You know what to expect. You you have that experience of having been through it. I had a, a mentor in broadcasting. One of his favorite sayings, Emotep Gary Bird, is exp- uh, experience is the best teacher. Paraphrasing him. There's a much longer part of it, but, you know. Experience is the best teacher. And that's what this is for veterans and rookies who have never been there. This is what you learn. This is how you get better. This is how you prepare. And so we'll see what happens in game two. The issue here was, though, Lee, with so little time left on the clock, it was really the one person that you got it to was the one person that was going to have to shoot it. That was it. You really didn't have a lot of time to look for another option. But normally you're right. And to give Randall credit, he has been one in the past to not be afraid of passing the ball and giving somebody else a chance to make that shot.